A-M-E-M, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. 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 Well, it's nice and warm in Command Center Alpha. Very cozy. We have the bar, we've got our humidor, massive amounts of cigars all around me in Command Center Alpha. Comfy leather chairs, very comfortable for the harem to come in and provide pleasure maneuvers to this five-star and your global alpha male-in-chief. And I can tell you one thing, there's nothing that I would rather do at this time of year than play one of the classic songs from Dean Martin. Baby, it's cold outside. Now, we've been playing that song for years and years and years on the Cigar Dave show during the holiday season. Never once did I ever think it had any hashtag Me Too connotations. Nor do I now, but leave it to the enemies of pleasurable holiday songs to come up with some cockamamie meaning and derivation of the song and we will get to that in just a moment but as always i extend to you a long ass greeting and salutation a long ass snappy salute semper delictatio always pleasure long live the alpha make america great again make masculinity great again screw the enemies of pleasure wishing you tonight a happy seventh night of hanukkah and the seventh night of the Festival of Litation, as we have been celebrating in conjunction with Hanukkah, the Festival of Litation, a different cigar every night. And tonight's cigar, we're not releasing it till about 4 o'clock Eastern time, but I'll give you, may as well tell it to you because I'm going to enjoy it during the Litation ceremony. The Alec and Bradley Blind Faith, that will be selection number 7 on this 7th of the 8th night of Hanukkah and the Festival of Litation. And getting back to that song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. It's a great song, Dean Martin. It comes originally from the 1949 romantic comedy movie, a motion picture, Neptune's Daughter, starring Ricardo Montalban. I wonder back in 1949 if he knew what fine Corinthian leather was. And Esther Williams. And they played this song in a scene where she was ready to leave. He didn't want her to go because it was cold outside. Wanted to give her a cocktail. I'll let you listen. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop in. I'll hold your hands, they're just like the ice. Start Beautiful, what's your father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. Really Beautiful, please don't hurry. Put some records on while I pour. Baby, it's bad out there. Say what's in this No dream? cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew your eyes are like starlight now. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks wild. No, no, 
mind if I'm moving Now, listening to this song, Baby It's Cold Outside, it is in no way, shape, or form a date rape song. In no way, and this is the Dean Martin version, but in no way, shape, or form in the 1949 romantic comedy motion picture Neptune's Daughter did Ricardo Maltaban say, Please stay. I would like to rape, rape you. I would like to have a date rape with you. I would like to assault you. I would like to put something in your drink. In fact, when we're done, we can sit on the fine Corinthian leather sofa. No way, shape, or form does he make any insinuations whatsoever. He's saying it's cold, don't leave. Now, can you imagine if there was a song saying, Baby, get the hell out of my pad right now, or get the hell out of my house, saying, I'm done with you, like Andrew Dice Clay. Sweetheart, I'm done. Go. Oh. Instead, he's saying, stay. It's cold. Have a drink. I don't want you to leave. I like your company. There is nothing sinister about the song. Yet, now in this age of hashtag me too, leave it to the feminists and someone to be offended. And this was brought up initially earlier this week when radio station WDOK Star 102.1 in Cleveland. Let me do a DJ voice. You're listening to Star 102.1 WDOK-FM Cleveland. And now, another holiday hashtag Me Too movement song that we used to play, but no longer Baby It's Cold Outside. They pulled it after a listener called suggesting the song is inappropriate. Now, whoever the program director is at WDOK must absolutely have, and I don't know if it's a male or female, I don't know, but if it's a male, wussified beta, no nads. Nads do not exist. One complaint? All you had to do is look at the background and say, well, no way, shape, or form. Take a stand. I am so sick and tired of men at the first sign of somebody being offended, or even a woman being offended, or, or, or a, a, a somebody complaining, a man being offended to a woman, or a woman saying to another woman, I'm offended, people immediately having to run to apologize. Why? No need to apologize. Say, look, the background of this song is very simple. There is no sexual or harassment connotation or date rape connotation in any way, shape, or form. Frankly, If they wouldn't have pulled the song, nobody would have made a big deal about it. Now, a number of other stations uh, on the West Coast decided they were going to pull it, but then they put it to a vote, and of course, the vote was like 99.9% to say, keep playing the song. And we, in no way, shape, or form, succumb to the enemies of offendedness. People that are offended by a song or offended by a statement. My feeling is this. If you believe in something, take a stand. Make a statement. Say, look, this is what I believe in. If you don't like it and you're offended, that's your problem. That is not my problem. So we will continue to play Baby It's Cold Outside. And I love the Dean Martin rendition. Very, very cool. But I'll tell you, we're going to post the video and the original song of Baby It's Cold Outside from the 1949 motion picture Neptune's Daughter with Ricardo Maltaban and Esther Williams. Sergeant Steve, uh, I know I looked at the video earlier uh, this morning. I don't recall, was there a sofa with fine Corinthian leather in Ricardo Maltaban's uh, bachelor pad? Do you recall that? I'll have to go through the video again to check that out. Ah, the Chrysler fine Corinthian leather. I mean, if if you say to somebody, especially if you grew up like in the 80s, 
Ricardo Montalban. You know what the first thing you're going to say is? Chrysler Cordoba. Fine Corinthian leather. We'd always make that joke when we'd get a car. You know, when we were, uh, whatever, after college, people would say, does it have fine Corinthian leather? Corinthian leather. I'm like, what the hell is Corinthian leather? You know what? It's leather. I didn't know what Corinthian leather was. But in any event, we are going to continue playing that song. And to those people that are offended, get a life. Seriously, if that's the most pressing item in your repertoire of problems, you've really got no excitement in your life. And whoever called that was offended, forget it. Absolutely absurd. Speaking of people that were offended, Kevin Hart, the comedian. And by the way, I enjoy Kevin Hart. I've seen some of his movies. The guy's incredibly short. He's like, uh, what, five Five two or whatever, and you see him in some of these movies. It's actually pretty humorous, uh, with you know taller actors. But I find I enjoy his comedy. I enjoy his movies. I disagree with him vehemently on his politics. He is an unabashed liberal. Does not like Donald Trump. He's come out in tweets and so on and gone after Trump, and that's his right. I believe he has the right to state that. I also have the right, after I heard him say that, say, you know what? I'm not going to go watch his movies. I'll wait till it comes on Netflix or it comes on uh, 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 one of the other streaming services, which I ought to, you know, already subscribe for, but I won't go to the box office and pay the 10 14 bucks, whatever it is, to put in his pocket. I have the right to do that as well. And we've seen so many of these liberals and so many of these socialists and these little powder puffs that when a Republican, a conservative, or another speaker they disagree with, they vehemently object, they protest, they get violent, saying, we don't want to even hear their views. Very narrow-minded of them. And I always state that when I was a student at Syracuse University, I believe it was in my junior year, Jesse Jackson came to speak at Hendricks Chapel, which is the big chapel uh, at Syracuse, held maybe 1,500, 2,000 people, something along those lines. I got tickets, wanted to see him. There were people on my floor that loved Jesse Jackson. Other people like me weren't really a fan. But we went. I wanted to hear what he had to say. There were probably as many people that were against Jesse Jackson's views as there were people that were for Jesse Jackson's views. People listened politely. Some people applauded. But at no time did anybody boo. No time did anybody jeer him. Nobody disrespected. When there was something people didn't agree with, they, they sat quietly. It was a respectful time, I believe, where people valued the, the uh, two-way conversation. People valued other people's opinions. You don't have to agree with them. I didn't like Jesse Jackson to this day. I think he's a fraud. He's a race baiter. His sole business is to keep his own black community down. Why? Because all of a sudden, if black kids can go to the school of their choice, become educated, get a great college uh, education, have a great career... Oh, all of a sudden, they don't need to listen to Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton, for that matter. They become Republicans. They become conservatives. And they say, I can think for myself. I don't need these guys to tell me what to do. All of a sudden, Jesse and Al are out of business. But we went to that speech. We listened. We were polite after the speech. Went out with some, uh, some friends from my uh, dorm floor. We debated back and forth. All friendly. There was no, there was no anger. There was no uh, uh, excessive uh, voices that were that were raised. Today, however, if somebody comes to a college campus, specifically that's conservative, you're going to have a group of people that are just going to get violent, trash the place, 
It's ridiculous. Kevin Hart has the absolute right to speak. And I've always said, be careful to all these Dems and Libs and socialists that easily get offended. Be careful what you wish for and what you are applauding when you applaud stopping people from speaking on campuses or speaking publicly without being chastised. Be careful what you wish for. Well, it just bit Kevin Hart in the tuchus. Because Kevin Hart was named to host the Oscars. Didn't last very long because there was a little crisis that went on. Apparently, Kevin Hart, who is a comedian, and in his comedy act, he has made jokes, different jokes. He's just like many comedians. They're politically incorrect. He made some gay jokes. In fact, Sergeant Steve, he also had some tweets. Go ahead, and if you would, I don't have those tweets in front of me. Will you repeat the tweets that he made? What was it, nine or ten years ago, I believe? Here's on one from 2011. Says, okay, so 2011, yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. Yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say in my voice, stop, that's gay. So what's wrong with that? I believe everybody should do what they want. I want to have a harem. Don't bother me. I, if people want to be gay, if they, whatever their sexual persuasion, fine. Live and let live. It's not my place to go into their home or into their bedroom. What I do despise, however, is when they have to blatantly throw it in your face. Like when you see these gay pride parades and you have to see these gay men that are wearing these banana slings and have to, you know, show everybody their, uh, their hung banana to everybody. And, and, you know, really I think they do more of a disservice to people who have that sexual persuasion than they're helping. But I have no problem. People can live, do what you want. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it. I don't have to watch it. I don't want to see two guys kissing. If I see that on television or a movie, I look away. It repulses me. But I believe that people have the right to do as they want. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to jump up and down and say, that's fantastic. Let people live. That's fine. But if somebody's going to make an innocuous joke like Kevin Hart did in Twitter, where people are going to go crazy, police. Now, there's another tweet, Sergeant Steve. Go ahead and read that off, please. This one's from 2009. It says, laughing my ass off at all the women asking me where the pick is. I'm not passing along a pick of a naked man. That would make me gay by association. All right, so it must have been some pick of some guy. And so he inoculately says, makes me gay by association. And I got news for you. If there was a new picture of a guy, I wouldn't be sending that around. Again, he didn't make a comment saying, I'm anti-gay. People don't have the right to live the way they want. He just made a statement. But again, in this era where everybody gets easily offended, we've got the LGBTQ and whatever other letter you want to add on there jumping up and down. And of course, all these people went on Twitter. They went to the uh, Motion Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and said, he's got to apologize. He's got to step down. Well, yesterday, he tweeted... The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And that was stated by Martin Luther King Jr. And that's what Kevin Hart tweeted. Well, not so fast. Everybody didn't like the fact that he did not apologize. Then he comes out with another tweet saying, I have made the choice to step down from hosting this year's Oscars. This is because I do not want to be a distraction on a night that should be celebrated by so many amazing, talented artists. I sincerely apologize to the LGBTQ community for my insensitive words from my past. Now, the Academy 
said, you've got to apologize if you want to continue hosting. I agree with what he did. Now, first of all, I would have said, if I offended people, I'm sorry, but what I said was done in comedy. I in no way, shape, or form have any problem with people living their lives the way they want. And I will step down, but I'm not going to apologize for stating what I stated because, again, it was stated in jest. So he doesn't want to be controversial. Frankly, I thought he would have been a great host. He's actually very humorous, and he's funny. So needless to say, now you've got people saying they're, they're still not happy because now they're saying, well, it's not enough. Now he's got to, he should go and do more for the LGBTQ community. Enough's enough. Jerry Seinfeld, a couple of years ago on The Tonight Show with um, Jimmy Fallon, said, I will no longer tour college campuses. I won't do my comedic performance on college campuses. Why? Because they're all little sensitive snowflakes. No matter what you say today, you're going to offend somebody. He's right. It's comedy. These little snowflakes ought to watch Don Rickles. Don Rickles, the greatest comedian in my estimation of all time, he wasn't the kind of guy that told jokes and said, hey, two guys go into a bar with uh, a priest and a rabbi. That, that wasn't his humor. He picked on people, but he picked on everybody. Everybody. Italians, Poles, Jewish, Catholic, Puerto Rican, whites, blacks, Asians, everybody. And you know who the people were in his, office, in his audience? Every one of the aforementioned groups. They loved him. And in fact, it was a sign of almost respect when you got razzed by Don Rickles. I mean, all the big stars, even Whoopi Goldberg said, hey, if Don Rickles went after you, that was great. I loved it. Uh, Tracy Morgan, the the comedian who was in an accident a number of years ago, uh, said the first guy, the first guy to send him something and a card and 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 a, uh, a you know get well wishes and a, a flower bouquet at his hospital was Don Rickles. Everybody loved Don Rickles. They gave him standing ovations. Every ethnic group, every lord. Why? Because he never did it in a mean spirited way. Kevin Hart did not joke about the gay community in a mean-spirited way. This political correctness era we're in has gotten way, way over the top. And in 2015, in Rolling Stone, another thing resurfaced with Kevin Hart. He said, keep in mind, I'm not homophobic. Be happy. Do what you want to do. But me, as a heterosexual male, if I can prevent my son from being gay, I will. What's wrong with that? He wants his son to be heterosexual. He didn't say if his son becomes heterosexual, he's going to disown him and abandon him. He never said that. But again, everybody has to make things controversial. And I think what people want today, if you take a stand, if you make a joke, say, you know what, I'm not apologizing for it. See, Don Rickles never apologized because his, his whole thing, his whole mantra was, look, I go after everybody. That's my comedy act. And I don't apologize for that. It would have ruined it if he did. What was interesting is everybody he picked on in his shows, his live shows, or, or even if he was filling in for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, every one of them was invited back to his dressing room afterward. He had champagne, everybody had a toast, and, and he spoke to everybody. That's the kind of guy he was. And you go back today, and you'll have some people, especially these snowflake collegiate millennials, saying, oh, it's horrible what he said. It's terrible. And you're seeing this more and more today that on college campuses, a comedian says something they don't like, they start walking off, they start booing. In fact, a writer for SNL stated uh, last week 
that he was booed off the stage. He said, I'm not going to these anymore. This is ridiculous. You can't even kid. You can't even harass people anymore. The problem is the young millennial generation, they are soft. They are giant wussies. They are wussified betas. And if you say good morning to them and they woke up on the wrong side of the bed, they look at you and say, no, it's not a good morning and I'm offended. You should apologize to me for that. My answer to them would be, go screw yourselves. So in any event, Kevin Hart gets shafted. All right, a couple things I want to get to here before the bottom of the hour. We get ready for the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. Uh, next hour, I had the chance to travel down to Rocky Patel headquarters down in Naples, Florida. Spent an afternoon with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, uh, Nimish Desai, and Hamlet Paredes, and the entire Rocky Patel crew. And the entire second hour, we'll be talking with Rocky, Nish, Nimish, Hamlet about their new cigars, about things going on in the industry, what they're working on, a lot of exciting things. So that is the entire second hour. And a couple other things that I do want to get to as well. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a day that shall live in infamy, the 77th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. We don't forget it here on the Cigar Dave Show. And I know that we have... All of our alphas and lieutenants that are listening, you don't forget it either. So I salute all of them today. Everybody that participated in Pearl Harbor, the attack on Pearl Harbor, those that were killed that day, those that survived that are no longer with us, I salute all of them. Certainly one of the most tragic days in American history. Let's see. Uh, today, Sammy Davis's birthday. He would have been 93 next Wednesday. The great Francis Albert Sinatra, the chairman of the board, would be 103. Also, George H.W. Bush passed away last week. Very, very quick story. When he left the White House, they said, what'd you miss most? And he said, well, missed that little button I'd press in the morning. Press the button and coffee would come about a minute later. He said, so when I moved that uh, day that I'm a private citizen, we move into our house in Houston. Went to reach for the button. There's no button. I looked over at Barbara and said, Babs, can you get me some coffee? She said, go get it yourself, George. Classic George and Barbara Bush story. Rest in peace to the 41st president of the United States. You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, on this seventh night of Hanukkah, one night to go, we play Oh Hanukkah, Oh Hanukkah as our musical selection. As we're in the holiday season, Hanukkah ends tomorrow night. Eighth candle lit tomorrow night, and then Christmas, and then New Year's, and we're already preparing for our Happy New Year champagne and sparkling wine tasting show, hard to believe. And on this seventh night of both Hanukkah and the Festival of Litation, I'm going to enjoy the cigar that will be lit at sundown tonight to celebrate the Festival of Litation. By the way, the Festival of Litation, Hanukkah is known as the Festival of Lights. So being the creative five-star alpha male-in-chief general that I am, I said, wait a minute. Why not combine cigars and Hanukkah and create the Festival of Litation? Eight nights, eight Litation ceremonies. And tonight, we are going to enjoy the Alec Bradley, or actually the Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. That is the first cigar that Alec Rubin and Bradley Rubin, which the company is named after, Alec and Bradley, Alec Bradley, the first cigar they worked on together. And at the Cigar Retailers Convention... In July, we did a big, long, in-booth interview, live interview, with uh, not only Alan Rubin, but Alec and Bradley Rubin. And we talked about their first project. And they uh, worked on this for a while. They want to create something very unique. It is made in Honduras at the Racist Cubana Factory. The blend consists of a Honduran Trojes wrapper, two binders, one from Nicaragua, Jalapa, and the other, a Honduran Trojes. Filler is from Esteli, Criollo 98, Corojo 99. Medium to full in strength. Leans towards the full side. Only three pairs of rollers work on the project. Very unique. And I'll tell you what, from what I'm hearing, they're back-ordered on a lot of these cigars already. That's how fantastic and popular they are uh, so quickly right out of the chute. Three sizes. A Robusto 5x52 ring gauge, a Gordo 6x60, and the Toro, which I have pulled out 6 inches in length, 52 ring gauge, or 52 sixty-fourths of an inch, because ring gauge is expressed as 64 of an inch in diameter. Suggested retail is $10. Beautiful looking cigar, and the box on this is really cool. I mean, basically, you look at the exterior of the box, and it's a white box, in the corner, it says A and B embossed into the into the box. 
and it says blind faith in, in typed letters in white with a black background over a white box. And then you open it up and it's essentially a guy in a suit, but there's an old style like 1980s Sony TV with two rabbit ears. It's very, very unique color bars in the A and B on there. A very, very unique cigar. That's what I will enjoy today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. All right, I wanted something that's very compact, something very small, something, you know, all the litation devices that come from the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories are usually gigundous. And I wanted something that was going to be on the smaller side, so I had them create what they're calling... The Cigar Dave R&D USB stick. Because it looks like a little USB stick. It's very small, very narrow, small little tank. You're only going to be able to get about maybe five litation ceremonies out of it, if that. But I wanted something small. One single jet flame. That's what I will use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two. One. Perfect cut, as always, by this five-star, although I made a mess. So let me just clean that up. Hang on a second here. We do not want a mess on the general's very palatial glass desk here. That we do not want. All right, I will now toast the foot of this Alec and Bradley Blind Faith Toro. And you can hear a very small litation. This is pretty cool. Very, very small litation device. Not very big at all. I'm going to toast this. It's going to take a little bit of time here because it's a very narrow pinpoint flame, but that's exactly what I wanted. Oh, I can already smell the first few puffs. Ah, so aromatic. It's a great cigar. I remember when I talked to uh, Alec and Bradley Rubin. And by the way, if you go to CigarDave.com, in fact, uh, Sergeant Steve, let's put up a link to that right on the homepage to make it easy for our alphas to find that. You can see the whole video in the booth. We had a great time, a lot of fun. And uh, great cigars. In fact, the Magic Toast from Alec Bradley, 400,000 cigars backordered from what I hear already from top sources. So a cigar that has just exploded. Their offerings from the IPCPR convention off the charts. All right, I'll puff and rotate this Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Nice. Great draw. Mm. Nice flavor on this thing. Let me just touch it up. Mm. Outstanding. Mm. Definitely some some peppery notes, some spice. Mm. Very, very nice. And by the way, this cigar only available at a limited number of retailers, brick and mortar stores only. So it's a very, very select group of retailers. But I'm not tired. I love this blend, primarily Honduran and Nicaraguan. A lot of flavor, just very smooth. Mm, fantastic. Now, I mentioned it was the great Frank Sinatra's, or will be the great Frank Sinatra's birthday next Wednesday. 103 years of age if he were still alive. I'll tell you, I love going to YouTube and seeing Sinatra on interviews, performances. Sinatra and Rickles, that is just entertainment, gold, and magic. So in his honor, i got to have a special libation. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. 
From Jack Daniels, I'll be enjoying the Sinatra Century. This came out three years ago to commemorate Frank Sinatra's 100th birthday. Very limited, bottled from only 100 barrels, hand-selected for their character, more full-flavored than the regular Jack Daniels Sinatra Select, 100 proof, 50% alcohol by volume, very, very limited. The interior grooves of the barrel were etched to greater depths of white oak to give the whiskey a much deeper complexity. So much more robust, much more spicy, much richer, and honor the great Frank Sinatra. I will pour this, and I've got one bottle. I think it was about $300 for the bottle, probably more if you can even find it now. Let me just, wow, incredible aroma. Some nice notes of actually maple, a little honey, some wood. Let me say cheers. Happy birthday to Francis Albert Sinatra, the chairman of the board. To Sammy Davis yesterday, a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, season's greetings, and happy holidays to all. Fantastic. All right, when we come back, a couple of items I want to get to because next hour we'll spend the entire hour with Rocky Patel and his crew, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, Hamlet Paredes, as I visited their headquarters down in Naples earlier this week. But when we come back, PETA is at it again. And Mrs. Harem of One Gina in the Western New York Theater of Operations has a special tribute to PETA as well that we will share pictorially with all of you. And also a special announcement about the status of the 2019 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fests when we return. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. As cigar connoisseurs, we love sampling cigars with different wrappers, different taste profiles from different countries. And I've got the perfect way that you can sample fabulous cigars delivered directly to you each month. It is the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For $22.95 per month, you will get three of the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you each month. We have featured some incredible cigars. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary. From Alec Bradley Cigars, the Prensado Lost Art. We featured the Placencia Cosecha 146. We had an incredible Davidoff portfolio sampler, and we've got many new cigars that we'll be featuring in the months ahead. So become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join now. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The Cigar Dave Officers Club. Join CigarDave.com slash Officers Club today. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
that's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. I love those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, those holiday J-I-N-G-L-E bells. Oh, those heavenly J-I-N-G-L-E B-E-L-L-S. I love The great Frank Sinatra, Jingle Bells, great rendition. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow. I'll tell you, Sinatra's rendition of Jingle Bells, absolutely magnificent as I take a sip of my... Jack Daniels, Sinatra Century. Mm. Kind of miss those guys, the Rat Pack. Frank, Sammy, Dean, the great Don Rickles. Kind of an honorary member of the Rat Pack. They were always hanging around. Miss those guys, no doubt about it. All right. Now, we all know that there are two PETAs. There's Peter, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, and there's my PETA that I am the chairman of the board of, People Eating Tasty Animals. We love tasty animals. Cow, bison, turkey, chicken, veal, baby, baby calves, pig. I, I almost forgot. Yes, exactly. The pig. Got to love those ribs. Anything with... Dead, quality, animal, tasty products we are all for here as alphas. Well, the original PETA has a problem. Now, there's some great sayings, as we know. Hey, I'm killing two birds with one stone. Hey, don't be the guinea pig on this thing. Listen, don't beat a dead horse. Hey, it's time to bring home the bacon, man. Or how about I'm going to take the bull by the horns. Now, those are all innocuous sayings. I have never once heard anybody say, that's really offensive. In fact, by using those sayings, you are encouraging the slaughter and death and killing of those animals. You are encouraging people to go out and kill two birds with one stone. You are encouraging people to beat a dead horse, or a living horse for that matter. Bring home the bacon. Let's go ahead and scalp that pig while he's alive. Or take the bull by the horns. You know, I actually know there's a guy by the name of... L. Mays. L. Wait, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, L. Mays in San Antonio, Texas, that used to have a 1973 Eldorado, Cadillac Eldorado, that had the bulls, the little antlers, and he used to actually grab the bull by the horns when he was trying to take away people's commissions and, and cut expenses back in those days. L. Mays, he used to do it all the time. He was grabbing, taking the bull by the horns. He wasn't killing the bull. None of us as normal, intelligent alphas would ever think that that is offensive. But not so fast, my friends. Leave it to PETA. In a tweet, PETA says, 
Words matter. And as our understanding of social justice evolves, our language evolves along with it. Here's how to remove speciesism with your daily conversations. Have you ever, Sergeant Steve, have you ever heard of speciesism? Uh, no. I've heard of racism, but I've never heard of speciesism. So instead of saying, let's go kill two birds with one stone, PETA wants you to say, feed two birds with one scone. Instead of saying, hey, be the guinea pig, don't be the guinea pig, they're saying, be the test tube. Instead of saying, hey, don't beat a dead horse, saying, don't feed a fed horse. Instead of saying, bring home the bacon, you're going to love this one, Sergeant Steve, bring home the bagels. And in fact, on PETA's Twitter feed, they have changed their Twitter handle to say, PETA, bring home the bagels. I enjoy a Look, good bagel, I, but it's no bacon. Oh, I love a nice either everything bagel or sesame scooped out, both sides scooped out, extra triple toasted crunchy with some cream cheese and chives, a little nice thin slices of Nova on there with some capers, little egg whites. Oh, absolutely magnificent in the morning. But I'm not going to change by saying bring home the bacon to bring home the bagels. That just is stupid. And then instead of take the bull by the horns, you're going to love this one. Take the flower by the thorns. PETA, you are absolute wackadoodles. And they go on to say, just as it became unacceptable to use racist, homophobic, or ableist language, phrases that trivialize cruelty to animals will vanish as more people begin to appreciate animals for who they are and start bringing home the bagels instead of the, ba- instead of the bacon. Well, I can tell you, Sergeant Steve, yesterday I had to go to the store And I killed two birds with one stone because I went to uh, Home Depot and I was able to get not only some lights that I needed, but I also needed an extension cord because I had to plug in my electric smoker and I had to smoke some very fine bacon. And when I was done, I brought home the bacon. And I'll tell you something, not to beat a dead horse, but I'm the kind of guy that likes to take the bull by the horns being the alpha male in chief. And I hope that I've just offended PETA and every other vegan out there with the phrases that I just use. Because there ain't no way in hell I'm going to ever replace bring home the bacon with bring home the bagels. Or take the bull by the horns with take the flower by the thorns. Not going to happen. They just made themselves look like a bunch of horses' asses. Sergeant Steve, did I just trivialize a horse's ass? I think you... Did I just... Yeah, you I just say engage in speciesism with you, a horse? Yes, or animalism Good. or whatever that is. Good. But wait, there's more. Pete is going to love this. Talk about entrepreneurial genius from Columbus, Ohio, at the Ohio State University. The Ohio Pork Council just installed a bacon vending machine on campus located, you're going to love this, in the Animal Science Building at the College of Food, Agriculture, and Environmental Sciences, it dispenses ready-to-eat bacon for a buck. Now, no word if you can get an extra crispy slice of bacon or a soggy slice of bacon. I'll tell you what I'd like is Colonel Ange's, uh, I think it's he calls it his sweet and sour, or not sweet and sour, his um, his sweet and spicy bacon sticks that he makes. Oh, those are fantastic. Oh, in the Bloody Mary, it's sweet, and then wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. About 20 seconds later, you get some serious heat on the way down. Now, those should get a premium. Colonel, those should get not a buck, two bucks. The bacon vending machine 
is a unique and fun way for the Ohio Pork Council to support Ohio State students and promote the pork industry at the same time, according to Ohio Pork Council President-elect Dave Shoup. And if you buy bacon from the machine, you help fund the university's meat science program. Now, I am waiting for PETA to protest the fact that Ohio State University has a meat science program. I cannot wait. You know that machine is going to be sold out nonstop. Hormel, Sugardale, and Smithfield all donated ready-to-eat bacon to be used in the machine. However, there's a sad note to this. The vending machine will only be on campus until December 13th. So students at the Ohio State University in their meat science program only have about another week to bring home the bacon. There it is again. I just engaged in speciesism. Absolutely fantastic. Well, we're and working on securing a- that after December 13th to move it to the Pleasure Palace. Absolutely. I want that. I, and you know what? No buck. You just press the button and it dispenses it. I absolutely want that. And Colonel Ange's, those sweet and, uh, and spicy bacon uh, crispy sticks are coming in there, no doubt about it. Now, Mrs. Harem of One, Gina, has just sent me a picture that we are going to post on social media at CigarDave.com. She has, I am so proud of Mrs. Harem of One because she has offended the hashtag MeToo movement and she is offended, engaged in speciesism, and uh, offended PETA. Why? She is wearing a baby it's cold outside shirt. She is wearing leather boots and she is wearing a, a leather rabbit fur gloves and a matching rabbit fur hat. And actually she's smoking a Cuban partigas outside of Custom House Cigars in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario. Mrs. Harem of One, a special promotion is in order. That is fantastic. So we've offended the people who find that Baby It's Cold Outside, the song is offensive, and a date rape song. We've offended the vegans from PETA because we're engaging, she's engaging in speciesism between wearing the leather and fur gloves, the rabbit fur hat, and leather boots. It is beautiful. The only thing better is if she would have a slab of ribs in her hand eating them right now. And I'm sure she's probably going to try to find a barbecue joint or at least get a good steak while she is in Niagara-on-the-Lake. All right, I do want to bring this up. We've had many people emailing me, texting me uh, through our Cigar Day mobile app. If you haven't downloaded that, go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download it. Asking about this 2009 Cigar Day Alpha Pleasure Fest uh, both in the Cigar City of Tampa and Buffalo. We always do it in, Buff- in Tampa the first weekend of February, and then mid-August, usually the second weekend of August, we do it in Buffalo. Well, after doing them for the last, I think, seven years in Buffalo and the last, I want to say, four or five years in Tampa, we have decided that for 2019, we are going to take a hiatus. We're not going to do any Cigar Day Valfo Pleasure Fest, and the reason being this. We go above and beyond every year. We always have to outdo ourselves. It is a lot of work between our great crew. We've got Mick the Brit, Colonel Ange, Captain Paul, Sergeant Steve, uh, XO Tim, Voice Talent Ed, Princess uh, uh, Puff Muffin, uh, Princess, uh, Portuguese Princess Colleen, Puff Muffin Lori. I mean, everybody, it's, it's a lot of work. 
So we have decided for 2019, we're going to give it a rest. We're going to put it on hiatus. We'll re-examine it later in the year. That is not to say we may not do a live show somewhere, somewhere in 2019. But I know many of you wanted to plan and buy your tickets, your airline tickets and hotel reservations. So I want to just come right out and tell you, and we're going to post this on social media, that for 2019, we are going to take a hiatus from conducting Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fests. I know many will be disappointed, but it's a lot of effort, and we want to give ourselves a year to recharge and say, hey, maybe we'll come back in 2020 bigger and better. Next hour, we go down to Rocky Patel headquarters, spend the entire hour with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, and Hamlet Paredes. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General Cigar Dave. Well, for this entire hour, we wanted to dedicate our Cigar Masters series to a visit down at Rocky Patel headquarters. We always have a great time. I always have a great time when I go down and visit Rocky and the entire crew. It's like visiting brothers. We sit in the main conference room. We have lunch, have some libations, smoke a lot of cigars, tell a lot of jokes, and have a great time. It is organized organized chaos, as I like to say. But in this entire hour, we spend talking with Rocky. We talk about their new cigars they released, some great releases, including a new cigar from Hamlet, the Rocky Patel Tavacusa, and they brought back Old World Reserve as well. So we talk and spend the entire hour down at Rocky Patel headquarters in Naples with Rocky Patel and the entire crew. I know you'll enjoy this hour of our Cigar Master Series. I am in the famed Rocky Patel conference room where it all happens. And literally, it is a giant conference table. There's probably 15, 16, I don't know, maybe a dozen chairs in here. Loads of cigars. We're, we're just surrounded by tremendous amounts of aromatic Rocky Patel cigar smoke. A lot of testing of blends going on. And let me introduce who we've got. First up, we've got Rocky Patel, the founder of the eponymously, that's a big word, eponymously named Rocky Patel Premium Cigar Company. We've got Nish Patel. We've got cousin Nimish Desai. And we've got Hamlet Paredes. All of them have been on the show many times before, including in Buffalo. Rocky, you never made it to Buffalo for our Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, but trust me when I tell you, Nish, Nimish, and Hamlet, their reputations still linger on in Buffalo as we speak. Well, I can't wait to go back to Buffalo. I was recently there. We missed you, but we saw we, we had Colonel Ange and uh, some of your other friends there, so we had a good time. We, I dug out a picture, actually probably from about six, seven years ago at the Tampa Cigar Festival when we used to do it in Ybor City, a uh, much darker-haired Rocky Patel with Colonel Ange and Captain Paul. Aside from that, haven't changed a bit, Rocky. No, I know. Well, it's been a number of years getting older. What can I say? Happens to the best of us. All right, Rocky, last year at the uh, 
I say last year, really, about six months ago in July in Las Vegas at the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Convention, you launched a total of four new, actually five cigars. I'd say four new, but one kind of a relaunch, if you will, bringing back an oldie but goodie. Let's talk about that first. The Old World Reserve, Corojo and Maduro. It kind of went by the wayside, but there was so much popularity for it and so many requests, you decided to bring it back. We did. You know, there's been a lot of demand and requests for that cigar over the last several years, so we finally had the capacity to make the cigars. We actually make the Old World Reserve Corojo out of the same factory in Honduras, and then, of course, the Old World Reserve Maduro is made in Nicaragua and Esteli out of our factory called Tabacusa. Uh, the blends are great. The cigars are smoking fabulously. So uh, people are, are loving them. So we're proud to reintroduce the Old World Reserve back into the marketplace. I remember when you launched Old World Reserve. What was it, got 10 years ago, something like that? Yeah, I think maybe longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably longer than that. Yeah, it's been a while. But when you launched that, that was a very unique package, unique blend. Great acclaim. Why did you discontinue that? Well, you know, there was limited tobaccos that we had from particular farm in Hamastron uh, and Esteli at that time. We just didn't have certain materials because that blend has four or five different fillers. And it was just hard to continue making that cigar on a consistent basis because we didn't have those tobaccos. And now with our own farms in Esteli and Condega, the fact that we have a, a good amount of tobacco from Honduras, from Hamastron, uh, we decided that we had the right materials to release them so that they would be out there uh, and they'd be out there in the marketplace regularly. So we wanted to make sure that we'd have enough of the right materials uh, for a long time in order to reintroduce this great blend. And it's interesting, Rocky, because when you look at the portfolio of cigars, I mean, you probably have, initially you started really, we go back to vintage. It was Indian tobacco, and then you launched the vintage. And that really changed everything going back now 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, the introduction, you know, when we, we went from Indian tobacco to the Rocky Patel brand name, uh, the reason we put our cigars on the name was we had control of our own manufacturing. And uh, the the first introduction was the 1990 vintage followed by the 92 vintage. And then, of course, soon right after that was the Edge, uh, then followed by the Decade. And they were all great cigars. And, um, you know, we worked hard at maintaining a very strict quality control standard uh, and then the Sun Grown followed soon after that. So, uh, you know, we, we, we had a couple of back-to-back -back winners for several years. One of the cigars we featured in the September 2018 Officers Club selection called the Rocky Patel Acclaim Sampler because every one of the cigars in, the, in that monthly selection was acclaimed. Highly rated, highly reviewed, highly sought after. And one of those cigars, one of my favorites, the Rocky Patel Vintage 2006 San Andreas. You know for a long time I've been a huge fan of that San Andreas wrapper. And you brought that out in a vintage, and that's done very well. Beautifully, just beautiful medium-bodied cigar all the way. Yeah, you know, the 2006 is probably my new favorite cigar. I love that wrapper. I mean, we got it from the Tarrant family. It took us a long time to really get that wrapper fermented and aged to the level we wanted. Uh, we have a lot of age on it. It's got fillers from our own farms in Esteli and Condega. Uh, it's a rich medium to full-bodied cigar with some lingering white pepper, lots of flavor, lots of character, complexity, and balance. So uh, if you haven't tried the Vintage 2006, uh, especially after a good steak, uh, certainly smoke one of those because they'll be very satisfying. 
Well, in the vintage lineup now, you've got pretty much every popular rapper represented. You've got the a Connecticut in the vintage 1999, nice, creamy, smooth, mild cigar. You've got the 2003 in a Cameroon. You've got the 2006 with a San Andrean a Mexican wrapper. And then you also have a, uh, a Broadleaf wrapper, an Honduran, in the two other vintages, the 2000 and 2003. Yeah, so the 1990s, a Broadleaf wrapper from Talanga Valley. And then uh, the 92 is a Sumatra wrapper from Ecuador. So, yeah, we have a, a nice broad line of vintage cigars with many, many different wrappers from uh, various regions around the world. I just realized I was off. I said 2000. I meant to say I was about 10 years too, too, yeah. uh, too, too soon or too late, but the 1990 and the uh, 1993. And those vintages. 92. Uh, 92, 92. Yeah. And I remember, Rocky, when you first at that IPCPR convention, I think it was the RTDA back then, you, I ran into you and you said, try these. That really changed everything because a lot of people thought you were nuts putting Rocky Patel because you didn't have Cuban origin and there was no Cuban-esque name to it or like Rocky Patel. But boom, that was like the just catapulted you into the kind of stratosphere. Well, the two guys definitely thought I was nuts. It was my brother and my cousin Nimish. So uh, they said, who the hell wants to smoke a Rocky Patel? What's a Rocky Patel? So, uh, you know, really it was more than anything, we were just proud that we finally had control of the manufacturing process. We could implement all the strict quality control standards uh, that I've observed throughout my travels in Nicaragua, Honduran, Dominican Republic. Uh, we made sure that there were no shortcuts, and we, we wanted that consistency. We wanted the quality and the strict quality, and, and that's what the vintage line and the rest of the cigars we made since then represents. And we're talking uh, with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, Hamlet Paredes down at Rocky Patel headquarters in their very famous conference room. I always say we ought to put some hidden cameras in here because it is – by the way, you can hear uh, Baron, the official uh, canine security detail of the general and Rocky Patel headquarters today. Uh, when we were in here, actually, in the conference room testing out some blends, all of a sudden we heard Baron with a very deep bark protecting the uh, Rocky Patel headquarters. Somebody was – an intruder was coming by. We thought he could have been somebody from the FDA for a second. Yeah, well, Baron took care of that and chased him away. Exactly right. But when, when we sit here, and I always say we, if we put hidden cameras in here, you know, you guys sit here all day. Rocky, you've got, you all have offices, and this is really where your main office is. You bounce things back and forth. While we were here, we were talking about some new ashtray designs and a couple of new cigar blends. So there's always something going on here, and it's done in an informal way and a very entrepreneurial way. There's no you know, major reports written, no spreadsheets. You basically say, hey, this is what we want. We're going to smoke it. We love cigars. If we like it, we're going to come out with it. Yeah, this is what I call the war room. Everybody gets in here. Really, uh, I would say that 95% of our time in this office is spent in this room. We go over all the different tobaccos, blends, ideas, packaging, brand names, uh, you know, even all the tchotchkes from ashtrays, pocket cases, lighters, all that happens here, the advertising, the marketing. This is where all the ideas exchange. This is where the voices get raised and people kind of, you know, uh, our marketing department has a very strong opinion with Mark Weisenberger. You know, I've seen him yell a few times in here, but uh, it's, 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 it's fun. At the end of the day, everybody's got their opinion and their input, and we listen to it. And we make decisions as a team. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, the, the executive order has to come in and uh, uh, we, we decide which way we're going to go. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it, it's kind of like a boot camp uh, in a conference room. 
It's controlled chaos. Because if, peop chaos. if people from the Harvard Business School come in here, they go, what the hell is going on down here? But I have to tell you, it works. And the reason it works is because everybody has passion. Everybody has great ideas. Everybody comes together. And uh, the liquor cabinet behind me with that very nicely stocked, uh, uh, hard-to-get uh, booze, whiskey, bourbon, it doesn't hurt things also. No, well, that doesn't open till after 6 p.m., but... Uh... Baloney. It is open. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know it is open well before that because uh, a cousin Nimish over here, I'll never forget, I fly down one time, and it's about uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, General, you got to try this. And I said, I'm flying back, you know, eight hours bottle of throttle. I can't. He goes, just put a little on your lips. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> Yeah, just just the FAA. So in well, any event, believe it or not, I wish you were here a couple of weeks ago because we had this guy come here with about twenty four different Japanese whiskeys, and they were amazing. I mean, I've, I've we're a big Scotch guys, but this was really some fabulous stuff. Some of the stuff had just some butterscotch, caramel, uh, just creamy finishes. It was it was quite impressive to see what's going on with some of these Japanese whiskeys, and we were pairing cigars with it. It was a lot of fun. I've had Japanese whiskeys; they are good, but apparently you didn't get the memo, Rocky. We won the war. Yeah, I know. We, we, we won <laughs> WW too. Okay, so but no, they do make some very, and they own Jim Beam now. They Centauri bought Jim Beam, so they're a very big player now in the world of uh, whiskey and distilled spirits. And Nish, let me bring you in because you told Rocky he was nuts to name a cigar Rocky Patel. Truth be told, I looked in the you've got the archives here at Rocky Patel headquarters. You actually wanted to name it. Nish Patel. You wanted the Nish Patel vintages. You didn't want Rocky Patel. Truth be told, you wanted it named after you. True. I did want it named uh, after me, but guess what? Again, executive order came down, and I was overruled by one dictator. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you call him Fidel when he's not here? You can go tell him, Nish. Go ahead. It's okay. Tell him you're sick of him. Tell him you're tired. Go ahead. Tell, me what, tell, tell everybody what you told me when Rocky wasn't in a room. I told everybody that my brother knows how to blend the best cigar. <laughs> He's the best. Nobody Bonus works. time is coming up. Nobody <laughs> works harder. Nobody works harder to make you a better cigar than Rocky Patel. And you know what? He Nish? told me there's magnesium, potassium, um, all the different fertilizers that he takes out during the fermentation process. Wait, wait, wait. Because every when you smoke a Rocky Patel cigar, it's like a party in your mouth, baby. That is it. That is a. By the way, Rocky, if you trademark that line, it's Rocky Patel. It's like a party in your mouth. I ought to. That's a pretty good line, but I, uh, that's Nish's line, so he's got to trademark it himself. Boy, not, nice guy. He's making you spend your own dough. <laughs> very, very nice. Let's bring in uh, Cousin Nimish Desai, because Nimish, you've been great story. i got to share with everybody. You told me that when Rocky hired you, I think it was in Los Angeles when you started things, and uh, you worked in Rocky's basement, I think, at the time. You came dressed in a suit. You were ready to go. Yeah, no, so I was actually in Milwaukee, and uh, Rocky and I were talking about me coming on board. But before I wanted to come on board, I wanted to check out the operation. So he, I come to the airport. Of course, he's late picking me up at the airport. Shocking. And not even him. He sent his girlfriend to pick me up. And then we get to the house. We go hang out, and he knows everybody. We went to um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Shotzi's on Main, I think it was called, smoking cigars, just having a good time. He said, hey, next morning, be ready at 9 o'clock. We're going to the office. So I figured, you know, I'm going to his office. I don't know what's going on over there, but I dressed in a suit and everything. And it's like 8.55. I'm like, Rocky, come on. We got to go. We got to go to the office. He goes, just go downstairs and I'll meet you there and we'll go. I go downstairs. That's his office. He had one employee there. Her name was Polo. And then he had one other guy in doing the distribution out of Tampa, Florida. I mean, like, no, no, Tom was doing the distribution out of Tampa. 
And I was like, what did I get myself into? His humidor was his garage or the closets in all his extra bedrooms. That was it. And he came in a suit, though. No, Rocky didn't come in a no, suit. No, you did. I did. Very professional. By the way, none of us wearing suits today. Very, very casual. That's when the, you know, we, I always say the French invented the necktie. And when, when you look at it from a scientific perspective, true. The necktie actually constricts blood flow to the brain where all the creative processes go on. And the best creativity goes when you don't have a tie on, a noose on, as I call it. Leave it to the French. So you joined Rocky Patel way back when. And by the way, you can hear Baron. He, he, he hears something back there. I think there's potential enemies of pleasure in the compound, in the vicinity. But you joined Rocky Patel, and very, very different. It was Indian tobacco. It wasn't like it is today where you've got, what here, 30 employees, 40 employees, something like that? Yeah, so when I started. when you include all the sales right. reps and everybody else out in the field. When I started, Rocky actually was in California, but he, he was moving to Florida. So I was actually the first one, January 2nd, 1999. We go to the office. I think Rocky showed up a day later. And it was there. It was barren. We had to put up all the shelvings, clean the toilets. I mean, we had to set up the entire place by ourselves with Rocky's good friend, Casey Stock. And it was just an amazing experience. But I was like, what did I get myself into? And that was, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, 1999. And at 22 and still, still here. And let's bring in Hamlet Paredes. Because, Hamlet, you are like the, uh, you're the junior officer here. And we first had you on in Buffalo. You've been with Rocky now five years, I want to say? Four years. Four years. Year, yeah. Came from Cuba. Great story. Mm-hmm. Came from Cuba. And uh, now you've launched the cigar that actually I'm smoking right now, a new cigar that was launched. Actually, we launched the Hamlet. Um, wasn't it the Hamlet that we launched? Tabaquero. Tabaquero, right. In Buffalo. And then now you've just launched the Hamlet Liberation, which is a great name. I love the turquoise and the blue and the gold band. It looks fantastic. Great cigar. A lot of flavor on this cigar. You launched it this past July at the IPCPR convention. Yeah, I know. What I was trying to do was uh, normally when I do events and I hand roll cigars, I never cut them. I always let them shaggy with the shaggy food. So I was like, why don't we put this in the market? So it's an extension of what I normally do when I make my events. And I educate and teach people how the cigars are made, what kind of tobacco we're using, the fermentation, and I gave them like the whole tour about the whole process in making a cigar. And I just became like a Q&A uh, kind of person when I do the events. So people actually get what they want to listen to. So I give like a base explanation, but after that I just open the table and be like, whatever you want to know, ask me, and then we had a great time in every event. Our Cigar Masters series this hour, we're in Rocky Patel headquarters down in Naples with Rocky Patel. We've got Nish uh, Patel, Nimish Desai, and we've got Hamlet Paredes. And Hamlet, talking about interesting story, came over from Cuba. And your first IPCPR, I always like relaying this, because Nimish told me the story that people were asking you about the cigars, and they were asking you about the tobacco and asking about you. And you didn't know what to say. You're used to being in a communist country and working for uh, Habanos of Cuba. And you went up to Nimish and said, hey, what, what do I say? And what did you, Nimish basically said, go ahead, Nimish, tell, tell him exactly what you said. You replied. Tell him, you tell him whatever you feel like. Tell him. Tell him the truth. There's no secrets here, no nothing. Just be yourself. And Hamlet, that was a little bit of a surprise for you. You weren't used to that. Oh, normally, the, the big, big sin about uh, this big change for me was that now I'm able to talk to whoever I want, even though if it's a kind of a 
our competitors in the industry, we are a big family. So it doesn't matter what our difference are in terms of commercializing the cigars or blending or whatever. You are allowed actually to share time with everybody. So I was just like, hey, Nimish, what should I do? Can I talk to these guys from other companies? On, or what? It's like, man, you're free to do whatever you want. Just talk to anybody and that's it. Just be you. Well, four years later, I'm pleased to say that Hamlet has adjusted to American life. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Enjoying the good life. And Rocky, you basically hired Hamlet sight unseen on a recommendation from one of your, from the well-known retailers in Great Britain. Yeah, so, you know, it was interesting because I really didn't know who Hamlet was. And I get a phone call from my friend Rob over in London, and him along with another retailer in Australia recommended that they're going to take Hamlet out of Cuba. He's this famous torcedor, blender, uh, well-known, representing Habanos all over the world from Australia, Hong Kong, London, Canada, all over the place. And uh, he's basically what they call the master of tobacco. And he was limited as to what he could do in Cuba. And he was not going to go anywhere besides roaming around the world, putting on artisan shows. And uh, they, they thought he was a real gem, so they promised me we'd be happy with him. So sight unseen, never spoken to him. He crossed the border into Buffalo. Uh, how appropriate. That's and, why I became uh, a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah. And uh, so he, uh, and then he came over here and, uh, uh, you know, at first he started working for us over at Burn. He really hadn't or touched any other tobaccos besides Cuban tobacco. So we had all the tobaccos sent from Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, Ecuador, every, all the different tobaccos that we use from around the world. We brought them here. He got used to them. He started learning the tobaccos. It was quite interesting because he had no idea what Brazilian Matafina is. He had no. He just had never seen these tobaccos. So for the first two, three months, he just kept blending cigars, blending cigars, trying tobaccos, uh, learning about our competitors' cigars, working at Burns, smoking all the different products and uh, you know finally he got his papers and visas and stuff and was able to go down to Nicaragua and Honduras and work with the meal car down there work with Marissa down there start blending tobaccos and then we wanted to create uh, a type of cigar that is more Cubanesque style something that uh, Hamlet knows very well and I think that's what we have with the new Hamlet 25 year old age series and uh, also with the new Hamlet Liberation. I think they're very distinct and different than the cigars that we make and we're proud to have them as part of the family. We have much more to talk to with Hamlet Paredes who is now one of the master blenders at Rocky Patel and when we come back and continue our cigar masters hour we will talk with Hamlet about using all sorts of tobaccos from across the world. When he was in Cuba he used one type of tobacco, Cuban tobacco. That was it. So this was a new experience when he could work with Brazilian and Honduran and Nicaraguan and Dominican tobaccos and Connecticut and Pennsylvania tobaccos. So when we come back, we'll continue from Rocky Patel headquarters down in Naples with Hamlet Paredes, Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai as our Cigar Master Series continues. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show.
1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the happiest Let's head back down to Rocky Patel headquarters Continue our Cigar Masters Hour with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai and Hamlet Paredes. And Hamlet, when, when Rocky first brought all these cigar tobaccos to you and you started working with them, you're used to working just with Cuban tobacco. What did you think seeing all this, this tobacco from Connecticut and from Ecuador and Brazil and Honduras and Nicaragua and across the world? Well, to me, first of all, was like coming back on time after so many years, like 22 years, making cigars and start again from zero. Just trying to learn and taste and smoke every single different tobacco and figure it out how to put them together in which kind of proportion and make a good blend. So that took me a long time. For the first blend, the Tabacero blend, I actually spent six months and a half blending until we got out the one that we wanted. So which, by the way, was the first blend that I did. I remember so, uh, sampling that because Nimish, he'd always, Nimish would always bring in a box, not wood, still does bring in a giant box and literally he's digging out and you've got A16, B5, C19, you know, A49. You got all these codes on there. And I remember you gave me three to smoke. And the first one I smoked, I said, like this, this is great. Second one, I'm like, eh, a little, little too much. Third one, I didn't care for. I said, this is the one. And that ended up being the original Hamlet that we had from the Tabacero that you ended up selecting. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I remember you were here too. Like, uh, we give you cigars to try, and uh, you were part of, uh, of the blending. You were. You were a big part of that. Well, it's amazing. As you can see, what happens here at the, you know, what happens at the uh, Rocky Patel headquarters conference room doesn't stay in the Rocky Patel conference room because that's one of the unique things is that, Nish, you're always bringing in new cigars and Nimish from the factory. And Nimish, I know you interact primarily with the factories, and you've got factories that you deal with in Honduras, your factory in Nicaragua, Tavacusa. You've got uh, the uh, Drew Estate factory you're dealing with. You've got factories that you're dealing with uh, throughout Central America, and you're always bringing in new blends, trying new things, many of which you say, nah, we're not going to do it, but every so often you hit a gem and say, we're coming out with that, that's it. So you're always you know, experimenting and having the factory create new blends. Well, what's amazing, Dave, is when we smoke cigars down in Honduras and Nicaragua, 
we always look for something to make us go wow. And when those cigars go wow, we always bring them up here for Rocky to smoke because cigars, for whatever reason, taste different in the United States than they do down in Honduras and Nicaragua. And some of those wow cigars you bring them up here and they're like, eh, they're not that good. And some cigars that are just okay, you bring them up here, they give you that wow experience. And at the end of the day, Rocky makes a final decision on what cigars we come out with under his name. Well, let me just stop there for a second because I was the one that said, you got to come out with this blend. This is the blend. So, and after Rocky smokes it, he's like, yeah, Dave's right. See, I told you guys. So I have to take some of the credit on that. There's a lot of other things that have taken place in this conference room that shall remain uh, 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 off the record. But what's, what's interesting is there's always something going on in here. And I always say you don't necessarily need a giant business plan to come out with something. It's almost as simple as saying, hey, this cigar tastes great. We love it. Let's make this change. comes back. You love it. And you come out with it. And that's really your cigar connoisseur is really first and foremost. That's true. Hey, Dave, by the way, did you get your royalty check for that blend? Uh, we're going to negotiate that a little bit later on. No, actually, you know what? I, I think Rocky, I, I've stayed at Rocky's place uh, a couple of times, so I think that Rocky said that pretty much kind of covers it. So that's that's pretty much it. But it's amazing. I had to do the lawn. I had to mow the lawn. I had to change, you know, the, uh, the put the chlorine in the pool. I had to do everything when I was over at, uh, at Rocky's. But you know what? The one thing I say is when you come down here, it's almost really Rocky-like family. I mean, you know, you're obviously related. Nish is your brother. Nimish is your cousin. But even when I come down, it's, you know, I always say this is my cousin, my brothers, because we really have a, uh, it really is a very family-like atmosphere and I think that's one thing that's very unique compared to that you know like a big corporate type of thing and I think that's very indicative of the cigar industry when we see the Padrones, the Fuentes, you know the Newmans, the, the Patels. It's a very family-like uh, atmosphere which is nice when we see a country that's just so corporately owned and, and run with all these chain restaurants and, and just chain stores. It's nice to still have the family end of things because you interact with your consumers whenever you do events. No, it's, it's really, truly a family atmosphere. Everyone's been here a long time, uh, from the shipping guys to the accounting department to the marketing department. Uh, all of them are like family. You've you got to be here for Christmas lunch. It's, that's the best time ever when, when we got we're, gift exchanges going on. And uh, it's, it's, it's so much fun. It's coming up, actually, in 10 days. People are grabbing gifts from the other person and you know, re-exchanging them back. And it, it's a great time. And, of course, the liquor cabinet's open, and we got a lot of food. So, Well, we're around the holiday time. And, Rocky, I've been fortunate you've invited me to many of your uh, holiday parties and holiday dinners and it really is family i mean everybody has a great time uh, it's always top shelf and and that's what makes i think unique the interaction and i think the the cigar consumer the cigar connoisseurs they definitely sense it and they like having the ability to talk to the guy to talk to the man whose name is on the cigars and you get a lot of suggestions from them you get a lot of input from them and that's how i always say that's the best marketing research you can do is talk to the consumers and you talk to them you do what a couple hundred events every year you get a chance to talk to them coast to coast around the world yeah i mean that's the beauty is being able to get out to the stores and meet with all the consumers share a cigar with them uh enjoy a beverage or two with them and, and learn what they're enjoying, what they're like, what the taste profiles are, uh, what ring gauges they like to smoke, what sizes they like to see. A lot of them want to see Lanceros out there. They want to see different shapes. Uh, so, we're, you know, just like the wine world and the whiskey world, we're trying to be inventive, progressive, uh, come out with uh, cool new uh, ideas, different taste profiles, try to, you know, capture and, and get cigar tobaccos from different parts of the world that have never grown before, places like Panama, 
Costa Rica. Uh, so we're always searching to, to be more creative and more fun. And that's another reason we also opened up the burn lounges, uh, because we wanted to share with people that cigar smoking is a fun adventure in, in, a, in a cool place, in a cool room uh, that is beautifully decorated with music, with all the top beverages, and, and make it an enjoyable experience for women, men, uh, people of all ages, um, and people of all work backgrounds. And, and so, uh, you know, that's why we're building these lounges to share the, the beauty of, of what we call premium cigars with all the consumers. Our Cigar Masters series uh, today originates from Rocky Patel headquarters down in Naples, their world-famous conference room, the war room as they like to call it, with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, Hamlet Paredes. Rocky, before we get back to Burn, I want to talk about some of the other blends, the new brands that you launched back at the Cigar Retailers Convention. Specifically, first up, the ALR, the Rocky Patel ALR, aged, limited, rare, only 100,000 cigars being made. Very unique blend. Is it a one and done? No. So, you know, what we we're, one of the things we're moving towards is starting to release limited batches of rare tobaccos. So what we're doing is we're actually rolling these cigars, blends that we've chosen that we think are very, very unique, exceptional, uh, have the wow factor like Nimish mentioned, and then we're rolling them and literally putting them under lock and key for a year or two years. And... We start making these cigars, we age them, and then we release them at the IPCPR, and there's 100,000 cigars, and once they're gone, they're gone. So we've already got the next batch, next couple batches, aging in Esteli at our factory, Tavacusa, uh, for release at next year's show and the show after that. So this is something we get to do. This is something that's fun about the business. Now that we have a big inventory of good tobaccos, rare tobaccos, we actually use those and age them. And that's kind of the beauty of where we're moving towards in the future is to really take the time to age the cigars prior to release and really age them instead of five, six months for a year or two years and, and then share them with our consumers. Ten years ago, you opened your own factory down in Nicaragua called Tavacusa, and you've created a cigar named after that factory. You launched it, uh, highly acclaimed. I remember smoking it back in July. Love the cigar. Let's talk about the Rocky Patel Tavacusa blend. Yeah, so the Tavacusa blend has a, a, a wrapper from Ecuador. It's a Habano wrapper. And then, uh, sorry, San it's Andres. a San Andreas. San Andreas wrapper from Mexico. Again, one of our favorite wrappers. And that's a Marone wrapper, the Maduro? That's correct. So it's the seventh priming. Uh, so it's a really rich cigar. Again, it's got the fillers from Esteli, Condega, uh, Jalapa. Uh, it's got two different binders. And, uh, you know, the cigar is triple capped. It's just a really nice, rich cigar, just like the vintage 2006. Uh, you know, a lot of caramel, coffee, espresso notes in this particular cigar. Uh, medium to full, that's how I describe it. So it's the namesake of the factory and celebrates uh, what that factory is all about. So we have some other new surprises coming down that I can't talk about, but uh, we're excited about what's going to be happening in Nicaragua uh, with what, what we're taking on over there. I have signed a confidentiality letter. I know exactly what's going on down there, but Rocky, you have promised to let uh, me yes. break the news first when we when we talk about that. Very exciting news. But that Tavacusa, I love that San Andreas Marone wrapper from the Torrents. Just a very unique uh, taste to it and a very sought-after wrapper now, and that's probably one of the reasons why I love that Tavacusa so much. And I remember when Mexican tobacco, people looked and said, ah, Mexican tobacco, forget it. San Andreas, oh, no, I don't want any Mexican tobacco. Now you can't get enough of it. 
I think we always used it as a binder, and it was a great binder to blend cigars with, but now you're getting some very, very clean wrapper, and that wrapper is some of the most sought-after wrapper in the world. Uh, you know, it's on the Tabacusa. It's on our uh, 2006 vintage. We're proud to have this wrapper. It really has a, a unique taste and a, a very, very, very flavorful taste profile to it, uh, so we're excited to have it in both these new cigars. And let me bring uh, Nish Patel in. Nish. You travel, I mean, we've had you up in Buffalo, and you interact with uh, consumers all over the place. You do as many events as Rocky every year. What are you seeing out there taste-wise when you come back to, to Nish and to Rocky and say, hey, you know what, I think we need to come out with a cigar along these lines. What do you find when you talk to consumers coast-to-coast coast and around the world? Most consumers now are going the Nicaraguan way. Nicaraguan tobacco is being sought after, Nicaraguan cigars, in fact, this is the first year that Nicaragua overtook the DR in cigars coming into this country. So people want that richness. They want smooth at the same time, but they love the flavor. You know, I was just in Colorado and at uh, 12,000 to 7,500 feet in the air. These guys want full-bodied cigars just because you're so high up. So we know in Colorado, that's what we want to push. Compared to sea level, they can smoke a little bit milder, a little bit more medium-bodied. So those are the things that I didn't know that I learned just from talking to consumers. It depends where they live, what part of the country, that all affects the way a cigar smokes and how their palate takes it in. Our Nicaraguan factory is a boutique factory. It's smaller, but some of the best products coming out of Nicaragua. And I think consumers, Dave, like you said, that's what they're asking for. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the general, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar, like I do, in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. As cigar connoisseurs, we love sampling cigars with different wrappers, different taste profiles from different countries. And I've got the perfect way that you can sample fabulous cigars delivered directly to you each month. It is the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For $22.95 per month, you will get three of the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you each month. We have featured some incredible cigars. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary. From Alec Bradley Cigars, the Prensado Lost Art. 
We featured the Placencia Cosecha 146. We had an incredible Davidoff portfolio sampler, and we've got many new cigars that we'll be featuring in the months ahead. So become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join now. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The Cigar Dave Officers Club. Join CigarDave.com slash Officers Club today. Let's head back to Rocky Patel headquarters, their famed conference room in Naples for the final segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show and this hour of the Cigar Masters Series. One of the cigars that you came out with a number of years ago is the Zen by Nish Patel. Rocky basically said to you, Nish, I want you to come up with a blend. We're going to call it, uh, I don't know if you knew Zen at the time, but I love that name because it's very tranquil. And when you look at that cigar, you like to say it's a Connecticut cigar with a little bit of Nish Patel attitude because it's got a lot of flavor. People think Connecticut's going to be on the mild side, but Zen really defies that. Yeah, I call it Connecticut with an attitude. You know, my brother wanted me to blend a cigar, and so I had this blend all done. He goes, no, I want you to make a Connecticut. I go, how can I blend something that I don't smoke? So I went down to Nicaragua and met with a milk car, and we decided to come out with an Ecuadorian Connecticut that is a little bit more viscosity. We can play with it a little wait, bit. Wait, viscosity? Is that like is that like 10W30 oil? Almost. Can I get an oil change, viscosity? Almost, you know. What, what it allowed us to do was box press that cigar, which hadn't been done at that time with the Connecticut Shade Wrapper. And then we put two different Ligeros from two different parts of Nicaragua, so it's not a mild cigar. The problem is the mild guys would smoke it and be too much, and the people that should be smoking it, like you, me, you know, people that like medium-plus cigars, were afraid to touch it because that was a Connecticut. I was never afraid to touch that cigar, Nimitz. Nish, that, 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 let's let's clear the record there. I was never afraid to touch that cigar. No, Dave, you weren't. But if you see it on the shelf and you look at it as a Connecticut, right? You, you, you're you think go, it's going to be more of a mild, creamy right. cigar. So, and that's what we had to get over. We had to put it in people's hands. To once people smoke it, they go, "Wow, this has a lot of flavor," like we were talking about before. But if it's just sitting on the shelf, it's tough. Now, Nimish has his own blend as well, the Nimi D, and that's also a full flavored cigar. And one of the the things that Rocky. Patel has so many cigars, Nimish, so many brands that are out there that sometimes it kind of gets lost. But that Nimi D, when that came out, was really a popular cigar. A lot of flavor, a lot of peppery notes to it. And for somebody looking for a fuller-flavored stick, that Nimi D, and the packaging on it is exquisite. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah, that cigar, I tried to create something I would enjoy. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar. It has a lot of richness, complexity, well-balanced. And mostly Nicaraguan fillers, but it also has that Honduran to give it some sweetness. So it's well-balanced, and the contrast, I think, is great. And when people smoke it, they enjoy it, you know. So uh, we enjoy blending cigars, and it's a lot of fun. Our Cigar Masters series continues. We're at Rocky Patel headquarters in Naples, Florida, in the war room, as they call it, their big conference room where all the decisions... This is really the office for everybody. Everybody's got offices here, but this is where it all happens. But, Rocky, eight years ago, back in 2010... I remember it was around September. I come down. You said, you got to see our new club. It's called Burn by Rocky Patel. Before you even opened, I remember it was a Sunday. We were watching the Bills. I had the, We had the Bills game on one TV, and we had the Packers game on the other. We're smoking cigars, drinking some 
exceptional Balvini uh, Scotch whiskey, single malt Scotch, and that started eight years ago. You've already done a remodel on Burn; it's been very popular, and now you've expanded Burn. I know we did a live uh, video, a TV show from there about two years ago, and now you're open in Pittsburgh and in Oklahoma City, and you got Indianapolis and Atlanta on the horizon. So Burn by Rocky Patel growing as well. Well, you know, you're always around when stuff is going on. And I remember the bar top was being installed while you were there. The temporary bar top. Yeah, I was, you're like, is this temporary? I go, Rocky, this looks great. You're like, temporary. Yeah, it was a temporary bar top. We had to do the show that night live remotely from Burn. So we temporarily put up a bar top for you and had all these guests come in. And, of course, there's That's a right. new famous bar top now that kind of looks like a volcano. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's been seven years at Burn in Naples, so we wanted to kind of redesign it. And, uh, uh, we, you know, I think it's uh, eight years. And so we, we, I think in January, we redesigned Burn a little bit. Uh, it's got a real, real elegant look to it now. And then we opened up Pittsburgh, which is uh, beautiful. It's 7,500 square feet, uh, just absolutely stunning. Uh, and all the finishes, uh, the furniture, the upholstery. Um, and then after that, we opened up Oklahoma City, which is going to be three stories with a rooftop. And that's a Native American Western theme. Uh, there's a giant buffalo uh, in the men's restroom. Is there, uh, is there a, Bill's, uh, a Bill's logo there, too? Uh, we'll get one there you for you. Yeah, one. yeah. So, uh, no, they're, they're all very, very cool. And then Atlanta's getting ready to open in uh, mid-February. And that's going to have a southern charm to it. And then finally, Indianapolis, uh, that's uh, another big space with the mezzanine. And that incorporates a lot of the indie car racing and, uh, you know, the steering wheels and the milk bottles. And there's some cool, cool art signifying the Indy 500 and, and bringing what Indy has to offer. So we're, we're proud of these places. They're going to be a, a lot of fun, exciting, beautiful Please check it out. I think you'll have an amazing experience there. We have a, a, a staff that is trained on all the spirits, bourbons, whiskeys, scotches, wines. Uh, so it's going to be a fun place to hang out. There's going to be great music there. So if you get a chance, each one is going to be different in its own aspect uh, and, and very enjoyable. I was just up in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, Rocky, and passing by the new uh, baseball stadium, SunTrust Field, that area just north of the perimeter has grown like crazy and you are right by that stadium perfect location yeah basically it's in cobb county it's it's in the actual ballpark uh arena where all the restaurants and stores are uh, you cannot get by the front entrance to the baseball park without passing through burn we even have a takeout carry window so you can get all your scotches wines bourbons whiskeys uh, right there in a go to carry cup and walk around and the only place to smoke in the entire complex is going to be at burn inside or outside so uh it's going to be a fun venue so next time i'm up at SunTrust field and i pass by the uh uh, the Rocky Patel burn the takeout window, I'll say, I'd like a Rocky Patel vintage 2003 uh, uh, Churchill, and I'd like a Tavacusa, uh, Tavacusa Robusto. And when I hear on the other end, would you like to supersize that, sir, and make it a Gordo? <laughs> then I'll know. Well, I said, your Balvini will be Gordo for sure. Yeah, exactly. No question about it. So that, that is fantastic. And that is that's going to be open year-round, though, or just during baseball year games? Year-round. So it's going to be open every day uh, starting at 10 o'clock till 2 
2 a.m. in the morning. So uh, that's going to be a fun location. And Oklahoma City is right next to Top Golf. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a nice venue. It's a, a suburb called Edmond. And then Indianapolis is downtown, smack downtown, next to St. Elmo's, which is a famous steakhouse. Uh, and it's going to be close to the uh, to the football stadium, convention center, uh, and of course Naples is right here. Uh, most people have been there, so uh, some fun locations, exciting locations. Pittsburgh's between the football and baseball stadium. Uh, that's also a nice venue. So uh, come visit us. We'll take good care of you. All right, as we wrap up, hope you enjoy the Cigar Masters series, talking with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, Hamlet Paredes. Always enjoyable heading down to Rocky Patel headquarters. A lot of fun between the cigars, the libations, and uh, lots of laughs. No doubt about it. As we end this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, Cigar Dave the General saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the PETA vegans. Remember, it's okay to beat a dead horse. It's okay to grab the bulls by the horns. It's okay to bring home the bacon. Final night of Hanukkah tomorrow night. Happy Hanukkah and final night of Festival of Litation. Don't forget.